And it reads, in my former book, do you have that slide? So that, okay, thank you. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and the cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Amen. Amen. God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your presence, God, that's even in this place right now. God, and we pray that you would have your way. Have your way, God, as I speak, Lord, the words that you've given to me. God, and I pray that they would come out with power. God, and I pray that they would come out and change someone's life. God, I pray that you would have your way, God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So um, I just want to, again, just talk about a few events that occurred um, during this whole Easter season. And so, yeah, we, we just celebrated Easter a few weeks ago. And um, so, so, Jesus was crucified. And then three days later, he was resurrected. So, some call that Easter or some say Resurrection Sunday. I like Resurrection Sunday. So, he was resurrected. And then there was a period of 40 days. Um, between Resurrection Sunday and Ascension, where Jesus was, he showed himself to various people and was talking with various people and just showing himself, um, giving instruction, etc. So that was the, a 40-day period. And then after that, there was a 10-day period where uh, Jesus was nowhere. He ascended up into heaven, and then that 10-day period lasted from ascension up until Pentecost. So Pentecost is 50 days after Easter. Do you get that? 
So there's Easter, the 40 days, and then 10 days, and then there's Pentecost. And Pentecost um, comes from a root word called penti, which means 50, which is where we get Pentecost, 50 days after Easter, okay? So I just wanted to tell you that because I'm gonna be using those terms in my sermon, and I just want you to know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Amen. it, amen? Amen. Okay, so we all hate waiting. I hate waiting. It's just a fact of life. I don't know anyone who likes to wait. Waiting can test your faith. It can make you question everything you know about what you believe and why. You know, almost every little girl that I know dreams about having, dreams about their, their knight in shining armor, getting married and having like 2.4 kids, a beautiful house, a great life. And I was no exception to that and got really nervous when I was 40 and had no real prospects of marriage. I was dating, but they were dead-end relationships, and I knew it, but I was in complete denial. I had to make a conscious decision that this was not how I wanted to live my life. I knew what God had for me was better than I could even imagine, but I had to be on my own head and my own way. I had to literally let it all go and trust God. As hard as the waiting was, I had to do it. So I did, and three years later, out of nowhere, I meet the best, kindest, most loving and supportive husband a girl could ask for. And I'm so glad that God knew my end from my beginning and gave me the strength to wait for it. Amen. We all like to be in control of our situations as much as we can. That's our makeup, but that's also our mistake. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end leads to destruction. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So who are you going to trust? Will it be Jesus, who knows you from the inside out, or your own instincts? In Jeremiah 1 and 5, Jesus says to, to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Nothing that happens in your life is a surprise to God. He knows your beginning, your middle, and your end. But because we can't see past our own two feet, it's hard for us to see what God sees. So we get impatient and fearful. But it really is hard to wait for some things, I, I have to be honest. Have you ever been to the grocery store in a rush and the person in front of you has like 25, 26 items in the 15 items only line? And you just have that one thing that you need to check out and be on your way? So much aggravation. <laughs> so who, who remembers the dial-up internet? Now everything is like lightning speed, fast. You only have to wait a few seconds for an email to pop in, up in your, e, uh, up in your um, inbox after it's sent. How about ordering on Amazon? And in some places, they can have your package delivered to you in an hour. 
that's amazing. So these companies obviously know like uh, that we can't wait for anything. Mm -hmm. So they market us, they market, you know, to us that way. So yeah. But we live in a microwave society. And by microwave, I mean see it and get it now, like society. According to marketing researchers, the human race has an attention span of, listen to this, eight seconds. Wow. And that number is continuing, continuing to dwindle mm. quick. Mm. We want it now, and we want it as soon as possible. And since so many of us have the microwave society mindset, we don't give ourselves time to succeed and we quit before we really even get started. And I'd like to say that God has given us the gift of time and we ought to enjoy it and use it wisely. So, I'm gonna talk about the period, the 40 day period between resurrection and ascension. And this was the time when Jesus was showing himself, he was teaching, and he was also giving instructions to the disciples. So Christ, after preaching his father's message to the world for three and one half years, he's illegally arrested, he's tried, and then he's crucified. God, his father, however, resurrects him from the dead after he spends three full days in the tomb. After Jesus is resurrected, the Bible tells us that he appeared eight times in human form to various sets of people during this 40-day period. Mary Magdalene, she's the first person that Jesus chose to reveal himself alive to after God brought him back from the dead. And then Jesus appears to two men while they are walking to Emmaus, which is a small village that was a short distance from Jerusalem. Next, Jesus shows himself alive to those who participated in his last Passover meal, his disciples. The disciple named Thomas was not with the group at this time. So after Christ leaves, the disciples tell Thomas that the Lord appeared to them. And Thomas doubts their words, which is where we come up with the phrase, doubting Thomas. And he says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. So Jesus manifests himself again to his disciples, but this time Thomas is present and the Lord allows Thomas to observe the wounds he received in order to strengthen his faith. So the fifth time that Jesus appears is to over 500 brethren at one time after his resurrection. And then, after partaking of his last supper, Jesus shows himself to his 11 disciples again. Then, Jesus shows himself to seven of his disciples while they are fishing on Lake Galilee. The eighth and final time that Jesus shows himself is to the, the disciples on the Mount of Olives. And just before his ascension into heaven, he gives them what is referred to as the Great Commission. And Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things 
whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's the Great Commission. Amen. He also tells them to wait 10 more days in the city of Jerusalem so that they may receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The disciples ask Jesus some, some questions and he tells them, it's not for them to know the answer, but reminds them of the power they will soon receive from God. He then blesses the disciples and begins to rise above the mount as he ascends to heaven. Two angels in white appear as the disciples look at the Lord being lifted above the clouds. The angels tell them that Jesus will come back to earth in the same way they saw him leave. This is the ascension. So here the disciples stand and for 10 whole days from the ascension until Pentecost, they do not hear nor do they see Jesus. Mm. Now, about 10 years ago, I was good friends with one of my best friends at the time. I mean, we were the type of friends that spoke like twice a week. We talked about everything. We prayed for each other on the phone. And even though we lived in different states, it would be nothing for us to travel the seven hour distance between us in a day's notice to go and see about each other. We were just that close. So you can imagine that after several days of trying to reach out to her and not getting a response that I was, I was really concerned. Like I think I definitely went through like so many different stages in that one year that I didn't hear from her. I was like mad and then I, I was really concerned and I got offended. And then I got mad again and then I was gravely concerned Back to mad and then just totally confused. I mean, a full year and no communication? Who does that? I called her mom. I called her sister. I called her other friends that I knew just to see if there was an accident or maybe she had passed away and I didn't know and no one, you know, no one told me. Every scenario that you could think of went through my mind. So after that full year, of not hearing from her, and then one day, out of the blue, her calling me and explaining to me what was going on with her and what happened, and how she had to leave, literally, the, the state. She didn't even tell me where she went, and she cut off communication with everyone just to spend time with God for one full year and get back to where he wanted her. It was really a weight lifted off my shoulder because I was just glad that she was okay. But this incident in my life immediately came back to me as I was trying to understand what may have been going through the disciples' mind during those 10 days that Jesus was silent. Jesus had a relationship with the disciples. He walked with them. He talked with them. They shared meals and intimate moments together. They laughed together. They cried together. They were friends. And I can imagine that when he ascended up to heaven, their hearts were full of disbelief. Can you imagine the questions going through their mind? I'm sure their hearts were so heavy that they wanted to give up and move on with their lives. I'm sure they were so discouraged, probably wondering, 
if their time spent with Jesus was for nothing. And then they remembered that he said something like this. After 10 days, you will see the promise. So what do you do while you're waiting? What do you do while you're waiting for something that you aren't even sure is going to happen? Let's be honest here. It's hard to wait for anything. We have things going on in our lives that we would like resolved immediately. We're looking for that husband or that wife that God promised us. We're looking for that better job. We have struggles and we have situations that we would like to go away now. We're looking for financial blessings. And the thing about it is that we have a relationship with Jesus. Amen. He is our Lord and Savior. We've been with him. We've prayed, we've fasted, and we've prayed and fasted some more. We've communed with him and seemingly done all the right things. So what does waiting look like when you've been with Jesus, when you've been intimate with him, when you've told all of your secrets to him, when he knows you in and out? What does waiting... Hallelujah. What does waiting look like When you've walked and talked with Jesus, mm. and then all of a sudden you can't hear him. Mm, Jesus. You can't see him. You can't feel him. He is nowhere to be found. Mm. He won't answer you. He won't communicate with you. He is plain silent. Mm. And it seems like your situation just won't change. Mm. What does waiting look like? Number one, be intentional. The disciples were intentional in what they did during those 10 days that Jesus was silent. The Bible says in Acts 1, so they left the mountain called Olives and returned to Jerusalem. 11 of the disciples went to the upper room that they had been using as a meeting place. They agreed that they were in this thing for good. That's right. Completely together in prayer with the women included, Jesus' mother, Mary, and his brothers, they were also there. And there were about 120 of them in that upper room. Mm -hmm. They knew that they needed someone to replace Judas, and so they figured out a strategy and picked Matthias as the 12 disciples. They were intentional. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they were being led by the Spirit. For as much as they didn't understand everything that was going on, they knew enough to know what Jesus wanted. And because they had a relationship with him, even though he was silent, he was still talking. So be intentional, people. Be intentional about how you go through your storm. Be intentional during the waiting period. And I heard somebody once say that it's not what you go through, but it's how you go through that matters and determines the outcome. Be intentional. Pray. Trust. Believe. Seek God. 
seek his very face. He's already given you the tools. He's prepared you for this. Everything that you need is inside of you. Hallelujah. I just want to encourage you, don't stand idly by and wait, but wait with intention. Thank you. Wait with intention. Be intentional about everything that you do when God is silent. Number two, watch and wait with expectancy, but be prepared for unexpected answers. Psalms 5 and 3, it says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. While you watch and wait with expectancy, Jesus is already preparing to reveal himself to you in a different way. A way that you weren't even expecting. A way that will change everything you think about this day. Isn't that like Jesus, though? Sometimes I think he really does have a sense of humor because when I'm looking for something to come one way, it always comes way better than what I can even imagine. The disciples, the disciples didn't even know what to expect, but they waited with expectancy and anticipation, and Jesus showed up. He came in the form of the Holy Spirit and baptized them on Pentecost with his spirit. Number three, be patient. Psalm 37 verses seven through eight says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. Don't let this microwave society influence your thoughts about waiting. Be patient. Romans 5, 3 and 4 says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. That's a hard one, people. Because we know that that suffering produces patience, patience produces character, and character produces hope. Listen, if the disciples in patience had allowed outside influences to rule their decisions on how they would approach this, they never would have received the promise. But they were and were obedient and allowed God to do the work. Hallelujah. Number four, continue steadfastly in prayer. The Bible says that the disciples, while they were in the upper room, they constantly prayed. They knew that whatever they were waiting on would only come through them being on one accord and praying together. Prayer changes things. Show you compassion. Mm. 
For the Lord is a God of justice. Mm. Mm. Blessed are all who wait for him. Wait for him right. There is a blessing in waiting. Amen. And you may be saying, what's this all for? But the blessing comes when God shows up in your situation. And trust me, he will. Come on and give God praise. Glory to your name. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you that while you're waiting, that you would continue to pray steadfastly, that you would expect God to move in your situation, but don't put him in a box. Let him move how he's going to move. Amen. Amen. His move, his way is better than our way. Amen. His thoughts are better than our thoughts. Amen. And this morning, I'd like to pray for those of you who you're having a hard time in this period where you just can't hear from God. You feel like you've done all the right things. You feel like, you know, you've prayed, you've been with him, but you just can't hear him. It's hard to wait. You're getting antsy. I just want to pray with you for strength during that period. That God would strengthen you, that he would let you know that he would never leave you nor forsake you. So if that's you this morning, I want you to come to this altar so that I can touch and agree with you during this waiting period. Amen. Glory to your name.